Shovel, Jack. Shovel. Yeah, okay, fine. Come on. You need some surface area <laughs> to really get at the nub. Get in there. You got to dive in. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the Creative of the Title Podcast, brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. If you haven't yet, take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom or check out the Phantom Podcast Network on whatever podcasting app you use. Uh, check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. Until then, you're stuck with us, though. Uh, I'm Jack, and sitting to my right is someone who spends 19 hours of his day drinking mostly. It's Jake. Whoa, you gave me the thing. Whiskey, I did. Whiskey and porn, Jack. You ruined my whole quote <laughs> thing that I have going. I was I, you caught me off guard. I know I did. And that's it. And the reason I gave you the thing is because we're down a member this week as Mark is off in North Canada auditing an excavation of some strange artifacts that somebody found. But I'm sure all of that will work out well and he'll be back real soon. Nothing's ever gone wrong there. No. Um, but, you know, you're stuck with us now. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we rewatched 2016's Black Mountain Side. Uh, we say rewatch because we have reviewed this for the website before. Jake's laughing at me because of the way I say Black Mountain Side. Um, Black Mountain Side for the listener. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and we uh, we reviewed this for the website, but this was pre-podcast days, so we figured we'd uh, head dive back in and, and check it out, talk about it on the podcast again yeah. this week. So uh, When we do, though, we will spoil the shit out of it, and this oh. one is important, and if you haven't seen it yet, I'll give you a little spoiler review. We both like this movie. We think you should see it. We, you should see it not spoiled, so when that section comes along, maybe bow out, go buy the movie, watch it, and and then come back. Yeah, and the other thing I'll say is that this is a movie that I think not a lot of people probably have seen still. Um, Tragically. One of the few that I know of that are out there singing its praises, so we're going to just revisit it, do it justice, talk about it some more, sing more of its praises, and yeah, go check it out, then come back, then listen to the rest. Well, first listen to the next part, but then listen to the rest. (laughs) How's that? I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, and before we do start spoiling it, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Jake, what are your beers for these fears? Well, I I have a beer and I have a not beer for this one. Okay, okay. first I'm, I'm okay. drinking whiskey, which you can probably see Jack because they talk about whiskey and porn in the. They do. In the they movie. salute to whiskey and porn. Exactly, and I couldn't really pick. It it felt more accurate than just trying to match whatever that. I don't know, Taiga piss water that they were drinking without a label and bombers the whole movie was. <laughs> so I went back to the well for like the fourth time on the podcast for my beer selection this week. It's a long trail beer. It's an American stout. It is called Unearthed, which, yep, beer yep. spoilers. Definitely, definitely fits. Both. I like both of your selections there. They both fit. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I selected a beer I've had before, but I didn't know was in production. It's from a local Boise brewery, uh, Payette Brewing. Yeah. Um, I am drinking Intermountain, Northwest-style India Pale Ale. Okay. Um, these guys are up in the mountains. Um, As you know, one could glean from the title of the movie. Exactly. And, and mostly I just, I hadn't seen it before in the grocery store. I think that's pretty neat outside of the tap rooms. So. Better effort than your typical, so. Well, someone's got to make up for Mark being gone. They do. 
Um, yeah. So I, you know, I'm happy with both of our selections there. Good work. Um, I think it's about time. It's it's the beginning of the month. It's not quite the first of the month. The timing's a little bit weird when this comes out, but um, it's close enough to the beginning that it's time for the horror release roundup or HRR. Yes, it is. Over at the website every month, we do a full list of every horror movie we could find coming out over the course of the next month. We'll link all the trailers and synopses and toss some quips about each of them. Um, here on the podcast, though, we're just going to talk about top one, bottom one, and maybe a Dark Horse pick. So, Jake, what is your top one pick for June of 2017? Yeah, I think this one's probably going to be a pretty easy one, so we can just discuss it. Um, it's It comes at night. I mean, yep. this isn't necessarily yep. going out on a limb. This movie looks really awesome. We've known it's coming for a while, but I think what the trailer does so well is make me wish I hadn't seen the trailer. And what I mean by that is it does what a trailer needs to do to get you hyped for a movie. It it built well for a horror movie, at least builds tension, builds dread, uh, really gets you thinking as to what the hell is going on. There's a mystery to it. It doesn't give you too much, which is what I would say is the main culprit of a lot of these longer running trailers that we typically see for genre films these days. Um, this one was more of a teaser that we watched and I saw it. I was hyped. I knew that this movie was coming out, and I decided to bow out. I don't want to see a single thing. No stills, no other trailers, nothing. I'm just going to go see the movie when it comes out, and that's about as much praise as I can give. Yeah, it looks friggin' awesome. Um, The trailer here is atmospheric as all fucking get out, and just, it it looks terrific. Um, Yeah, I'm totally with you. It's my top one. It was Mark's top one as well. He, uh, he... Put it in the in the document here, so we know what his picks were. Yeah, the reader of the um, website would note that he uh, his main reasoning was that the poster is awesome and has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, That's pretty you good. Know. Uh, um, all right, uh, bottom one. Let's go the other direction. Jake, what is your bottom one movie this month? This was also kind of an easy pick for me. Um, I went with a movie called Two Hundred Degrees, which I didn't know was coming out until Mark kind of gave us the heads up right before we went live with the post. And the main reason I I say that this is my bottom one and that it was easy is because there are movies that you can really see the inspiration of. And then there are movies that are the movie that is their inspiration. (laughs) And that's kind of what this is. It, It just seems like Saw done on a lower budget. But the issue that I have with it is that it, at least the way it's setting it up, completely lacks all the character that made Saw so important. Because at least with Saw... There was that sort of morality play, yeah, for sure. Involved where he was trying to like turn the sin on. Well, not turn the sin on the sinner. I'm still in seven mode, but he was basically trying to like <laughs> make people realize their wrongdoing and fight to get out of it so they could enjoy their life more. Um, whereas this one just seems like a criminal who wants a million dollars, so he's going to kill this guy if he can't figure out a clever way to get a million dollars for him. Yeah, and if you're going to um, go to such an extent, why wouldn't you ask for more than a million dollars? Like, what's the line you draw that's like, okay, he could actually maybe do this, so I could be a million dollars richer. You know, like what? It's basically I, like I you're do. setting why? the over under to where it's entertaining for you. Is it a million? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it should still be higher. That's like nothing these days, especially especially for like a Wall Street broker, <laughs> right? And so what he has to do, at least from the trailer, is. Like, call people and sell stocks very aggressively to get this million dollars or something. I, that's what it seems like. Uh, yeah, it looks terrible. I'm not excited for it. It looks like all the bad parts of Saw, none of the good parts of Saw. It doesn't seem like he does a bad job of acting, though, I will say that. Yeah, and it's that's a shame for and him. He's going to have to he, carry it because he's the only guy in the entire movie from the looks of it. It does look like that, and it's so. a shame for him because he turned in a great performance in what looks to be a shit pile of a movie. Yeah. 
Um, I kind of I like totally the understand trap of having a kiln, like throwing a guy in a kiln and being like, "Well, get out." But there doesn't <laughs> seem to be any of the substance around it. So, yeah, um, I I totally understand the choice. I went a different way. A- another movie that just is another movie. I picked Child of Satan. Yeah, this is my which dark is coming out <clears throat> this month. This would have been my dark horse for bottom one if that existed. <laughs> yeah, this I thought you were gonna say this is your dark horse pick, and I was gonna be very surprised. Yeah, you would have. This is a movie you. about a couple that goes down to a vacation south of the border, maybe Mexico, something like that. It's ends Mexico, up pregnant Jack. after some weird quasi-religious ritual and uh, gives birth to Satan. Um, yep. This movie has been done a thousand times before, but specifically this exact movie where a couple goes on vacation south of the border, ends up pregnant after a weird quasi-religious ritual and gives birth to Satan. Um, there's a, excuse me, I think a 2014 movie called Devil's Do. Um, which wasn't a good movie in and of itself, but that is literally the exact same plot. And at least that movie introduced found footage. It did that in an infuriating way, uh, but it did at least introduce found footage into it. So this just looks like it has nothing going for it. It's just a retread of a story that's been told a thousand times. Does not look good. Acting doesn't look good either. No, no. And uh, Mark's bottom one here is Sacrilege. Which is uh, another Remind pretty terrible movie, is, yeah. drawing heavily on horror movie tropes. This one is the one with the uh, demonic music box. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much just the the music box. They open it and it possesses someone, and then then there's evil things. Mark and I made the same dumb joke on the website of why do we still have music boxes? I I get that the past was depressing and there was nothing else to play with, but we have, like, smartphones and good TV and the internet now. Fuck, nobody oh, needs music boxes anymore. You know you know what, though? I, What's that? I'm remembering this as you're describing it now, and his qual like, he just kind of went on this soapbox about how music boxes will never bring any good. They can only bring bad and how they're creepy. Yeah, well, no, I think Mark's point was just, Doesn't if you see a music box, leave it alone, because at best, you have a music box, but there, if there's any chance that it has a demon inside, you should stay away from it. But it's it's that, a risk-reward thing. Doesn't that mean it's good, horror movie fodder? That's like me saying I don't like horror movies with spiders because I'm scared of them. I think it does, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> as long as we're on the same page. Yeah, even though he's not here, he remains an idiot. That hasn't changed. Yeah. But I let's guess. not end on such a down note, huh? Let's do the dark horse pick. Jake, mm-hmm. what's your dark horse pick? This is hard because I don't really think it's a dark horse, but I'm going with Bad Batch. Okay. Um, I, mm, I, I yeah, I knew you were going to argue with this one. I don't know why. Like, I couldn't move past the sign at the beginning of the trailer. It's so somebody had to write who that. Cares? Somebody who cares? expended who effort. I do. Why? Me, I care for the listener. This they, is a they, movie. The listener doesn't care either. They're just looking at how fun this looks. That's all they care I about. I couldn't even see any of the fun. I was too busy thinking about that trailer. You're nitpicking. I'm not. Somebody mm. expended effort to write this sign, Jake. Why did they do that? Maybe they actually found it. <laughs> they did not find so, a sign like that in nature. Someone like had, they teeth. found the idea for it. I mean, did you discover a bird with teeth in this fashion? That does not exist in nature. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> they Somewhere. found, yes, there are signs that say this is the end of the United States pursuant to 18 U.S. code, whatever, whatever. This is a crime to do whatever, and there's no more protections of the federal government beyond this border. This sign, Jake, says that a person who crosses the border is no longer a resident of the United States. It just strips Jack. away your residency as soon Jack. as you cross it. Then it says 18 URCS. That's not, why did they, it's Jack. not a thing. Can a, can a film just be, like, junk food? 
Can that happen? Are you okay with that? I just don't understand why, if you're going out of your way to make a, make up a fake sign, you do it so wrong. Probably to just to piss you off. It might be. They'd heard a bullshit ramble of yours, and they were like, you know what? He's going to knit the fuck out of this, so let's do it. <laughs> it looks, look, it looks vi- super violent, super stylish. I have several movies in mind that this reminds me of, and I'm hoping it, like, even does a bit of what those do well. And if if it does, it's going to be rad. If it doesn't, then it'll probably just be super forgettable. But that's kind of the definition of your Dark Horse. I do like that Keanu's in it. I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. He doesn't really, yeah, I don't know. I want to see how big of a role he has. We'll see. <laughs> That's, you know, I the, the movie, I'm a professional. I can move past my, my rage. You clearly quickly. cannot. It, it you, looks kind of fun. You're exhibiting how Begrudging. you can. Okay, there you go. I like it. <laughs> what was yours? Uh, my dark horse is The Recall, um, which is the one with RJ Mitty <laughs> okay. and Wesley Snipes Wesley in it. Wesley Snipes. That's all you have to say. I, I'm a big fan of both those people for wildly different reasons. Okay, RJ we'll Mitty did a terrific it. job in Breaking Bad. Wesley Snipes is Wesley Say Snipes. Snipes. Yeah. yeah. So I this is I don't understand the sequence of events that led to those two starring in a movie together, but I'm into it. Now, my main qualm with that one and what kind of buried it in the, the middle territory of this month is the abominable looking CG that I'm thinking <laughs> is going to be pretty heavily used. It could pull itself up if the tone of the movie as a whole is handled correctly. And that tone would be very not serious. Right. And I think that might be the case given Wesley Snipes's existence in the movie. So the CG does look terrible, but it might, it has the look of a movie where that might not take too, too much away from it. As you said, we'll find out one way or another. We we probably will. Uh, Mark's dark horse pick with another, was another one. I'm pretty excited to see after death, which is the one about these sexy teens that, I guess I'll drown and then wash up on a beach and they're just at a beach house. This movie is just like smash cuts of smoke monsters, sex, a lighthouse, uh, just there's all sorts of shit going on in this thing. I don't know what's happening. It looks interesting though. I don't understand who thought it was a good idea to utilize the smoke monster the way they did, (laughs) which is heavily. They do have the smoke monster from lost in there. It's not great. Yeah, it looks to be about the same kind of effects, why, but you know, why a the, smoke monster. I don't know, Jake. I don't know what's happening in this movie. Could it just be made of darkness? Who knows? Well, see, I couldn't get well, past I, it, Jack. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to watch it and find People out. People can't get past certain things. Minor smoke <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Feels like about as good time as any to go to our feature presentation. Over at ADZHorror.com this week, we watched 2014's Black Mountain Side. I'm going to have to stop you right there, Jack. Uh-oh. I, I, I think at the top of the episode you said 2016. Now you're saying 2014. Uh-uh. Shit, did I? Well, I will say, in my defense, it is both. This okay. movie, is it's, oh, it's impossible the... to figure out when it actually came out, because it got like a bunch of really soft releases. Yeah. So I think it did technically, it was available to view for some people in 2014. Oh, definitely, and I know that it was making festival circuit runs in 2015. Like, I believe it was awarded a Best Picture at the Lovecraft Film Festival in 2015. Sure. In my neck of the woods. So, yeah. Yeah. But people like you and I weren't able to watch it on VOD in America until uh, 2016. The common folk. Yeah. I fucked up, but I'll I'll still say it works. (laughs) It's both. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, and I was really excited to watch this one again. We chose this uh, because we were going to be down a man, and so we, we didn't want to screw up the upcoming schedule. And also because this is one that I've wanted to revisit since we watched it for the website a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah, I think we um, both have. We had a lot to say about it originally. Again, we've we've said this before. There will be spoilers, spo- review spoilers. We both really like this movie and think you should watch it, and we just wanted to give it another shout-out. But, Jack, this was your movie of the year last year, was it not? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, which is exactly why, you know, we're going to get into it, but you, Uh-oh. sir, oh, are going to have to do no. the 30-second plot synopsis on the son of a bitch. I'm a little worried about this one for this movie. Yeah, you should be able to do it. We've seen it multiple times at this point. So <laughs> yeah, that's helped me before. on the goddamn clock. <laughs> okay. It's going to start when you start. All right, so we've got a team of archaeologists excavating a site way the hell up north in Canada. Um, a guy comes in to audit their camp and maybe get them some more grant money. Weird shit starts happening. Uh, people start getting sick one by one. A guy vomits black blood. Another guy's arm goes all bubbly and has to be cut off. Then one dude cuts his own, mar- own arm off. People start getting hallucinations of a deer god at night, and then there's an actual deer god, and then they have to blow the whole camp up, and the guy gets stuck in a bear trap. <laughs> Oh, good. I still have time. You were making faces at me. Shit. Uh, What else? What did I miss? (laughs) I guess you did it. I did it. This is a weird one. Now, what you just described Uh sounds fucking bonkers. Yes. I don't know if that's how it felt when you watched the movie, though. It definitely doesn't feel like that. That's not how it feels. This is is for sure a slow burn movie. Oh, this is as slow burn as it gets. Yeah. And I think that, Um, that one of the main reasons for that, there are many things that this movie does that are, I think, relatively unique uh but one of the many things that makes it feel more slow burn is complete lack of any soundtrack whatsoever no score it's at all. amazing all you hear is the wind wind and footsteps in the snow yep. crunching through the snow that's it yep it's isolating as hell mm-hmm. oh so you did yeah. an okay job though um i mean that is basically what it's about mm, right the basically. overall plot not that much happens <laughs> no not much of these... substance and it leaves you with a lot of questions which Absolutely. I think we get into ad nauseum during this yeah, podcast. So let's, first, let's, we're in the plot section. Let's get into it now. I guess. But so now having seen this multiple times. Yeah. The first time around, it's, it's a little bit unclear. The movie, I think, is trying to be ambiguous about what is causing these people to go insane and kill each other. At first, they, they mentioned that there's some kind of bacteria. There might be some kind of bacteria that was concealed by the snow until they unearthed this. I'll call it a anachronistic uh relic right it's not supposed to be where it is given the timeline it's not yeah they have a lot of the ice age there weren't supposed to be structures like that in the ice age they have a lot of dialogue built in about how like that's literally not possible because it seems to be a mesoamerican structure has all the same hallmarks though slightly different so it kind of makes you wonder and they are dated to prior to when any of the other mesoamerican structures that have been unearthed throughout america and into south america are dated to so it's very strange Exactly. And the people who lived there, the, the native people all died. And there's it's theorized that maybe there was some kind of bacteria on this thing or some kind of something that was then covered by the snow of the Ice Age that protected everyone from its horror. And then yeah. they unearthed it again. So that's one option. Yeah. Option two is that it's just the frozen fucking north and everybody's going stir crazy and mm-hmm. people are just getting regular sick. Um, option three is that there's an actual dear God demon entity thing that's killing the people. Yeah, I don't like option three. But it does seem the most likely, given how the movie progresses, right? I don't think so. 
just the way that it happens one by one and each people experience it in the same way of the booming voice followed by apparitions of the deer god followed by going crazy. Well, I think that that's also... So I, my personal opinion is that this lands somewhere in the middle of being people going stir crazy because of the situation at hand. Like they're on a super, super isolated camp in the frozen north. They have five hours of sunlight a day. It's cold during the day and colder at night. So they pretty much have to be inside drinking and playing poker. There's absolutely no outside communication. And after they play that one breaks, video game, I'm sure Mark would know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. After their <laughs> communication breaks and things start going south i think that all of those things together could play on your mind more than you're inclined to give credit for because like you and i both like the outdoors i mean just on a normal backpacking trip things can kind of play with you a little bit in the middle absolutely of the night. so you have to think that after weeks and months of being up there that's certainly in play yeah. i think that that mixed with the likelihood of given this structure and the theory that they have of how there could have been a bacteria that, that caused this group of people to die off and then then laid dormant by the ice age. You unearth it, it comes out, it becomes this communicable disease affecting people over time as they transmit it to each other. I think that with both of those things in play, it kind of explains away the deer God thing. Like, if you yeah. start saying that you're seeing something and everyone else is at their wits end, it's a lot easier for them to see the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I will say another thing about this movie is it it's kind of potentially an allegory for global warming as well, right? Shit starts to go really bad as we lose more and more Arctic snow. But it's 50 below, your blood will freeze. <laughs> yes. Global warming my ass. <laughs> I will say, so this time around, I was really looking for kind of nits to pick with the movie or mm -hmm. just really focusing on stuff that it didn't do right because of how enthralled I was with it the first time around. Right. Sometimes it, the snow definitely does not seem like a place where it's 50 degrees below zero. Which it was Sometimes wasn't. the snow, right, right. Yeah. Sometimes the snow seems like wet spring snow, you know, kind of melting a little bit and, and just not super cold. But I don't know how you fix that. Just something I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I think that they filmed this, oh man, where was it? It was like just north of Vancouver. It was like around Whistler area or somewhere. So like this is in British Columbia. This is not in anywhere near the taiga where it takes place. So that's tough. And I think I also read an interview or heard something from director. Sorry if I get the name pronounced wrong, but it's a tough <laughs> one, man. Nick Shostakuski? I, yeah, I think Sotokuski is as close as we're going to get. We tried. <laughs> uh, I think he said something about how while they were there, it just like rained the whole time. <laughs> so it made it really fucking hard <laughs> to do anything anyway, because you couldn't yeah. really get the the snow to be in a condition that you would want it to be in. That's tough, sure. especially for a it low budget tough. indie film. Yeah. No, and not only the director, he's the director, writer and producer of this thing. Yeah, he did the whole thing. He's, man. he's the force behind it. Yeah. And I think if, if he's not the owner of, he's heavily involved in the production company that's called A Farewell to Kings, and mm -hmm. they're currently working on their next film, yeah. which is going to be called Hammer of the Gods, also has to do with outdoors. <laughs> I, I, a little bit of a theme there. I think there's a Zeppelin theme, and I <laughs> love it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, let's let this is this guy's first movie, Nick Sotokuski's? Uh Yeah, to my knowledge. And the hell of a 
movie what to have it be your first film. Jesus. So let's uh, start talking about some of the things this movie does right. Yeah, I mean, the first thing for me is what we've kind of been talking about already, and that's the the ambiguity that's built into the proceedings. The, the yep. fact that there are several plausible reasons for what's happening to be happening i think is is good and to me like there's there's a line you have to draw with how ambiguous you can leave a film before it starts to become frustrating but this does yes. not cross that line it gets close to it and it stays there and it leaves you Absolutely. thinking about it which is the hallmark of a great movie if i'm thinking about it a couple hours later a couple days later a year and a half later when we're Absolutely. like hey we got to revisit this fucking thing that's <laughs> that's great and that's a credit to his writing and his screenplay so yeah, no, that's that's an awesome thing it does. I think another thing that it does particularly well is make you feel isolated. Yep. This hits you hard. It's just, ugh, the whole time. They're up. They, it feels like they're way up there. Mm-hmm. I think what does it best is that one recurring shot yeah. he has of their kind of whole camp. Yeah, for Just sure. snow, nothing. Just yeah, it's awesome. static. Yeah. And then that with the no music thing we talked about earlier, the only sounds are footsteps in the snow and mm-hmm. wind through the trees. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It yeah. really makes you feel like you're stuck up there with them without the resources. Oh, absolutely. They, the progression of the things that happen without just raw exposition. He establishes that first they're losing a little bit of contact. Then they can't talk to their rescue people. Then they don't get a couple of the supply supply drops they're supposed to get. It's just bit by bit by bit. They have mm-hmm. less and less. It's yeah. awesome. And then it's like the three weeks until they were supposed to be picked up have passed and they're completely out of materials yeah (laughs) not good yeah because the movie takes place over the course of about a month right november 7th to like december no i think it's i think it actually ends up being like late way later in december than that by the end does it really yeah okay i should know this they have those fucking title cards at all times (laughs) those didn't bother me as much this watch as they did the last one you had a knit to pick with those the first time we talked about it i know that i kind of liked them this time around though Hmm. They're well, very reminiscent of The Shining. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what... A lot of this movie is. That's another thing to get into. I mean, I think that The Shining... You can see this movie's influences. The two yep. that are that are most noticeable are The Shining, and I think that that's the main one. You have that, yep. you have the initial scene, which is sweeping vistas in a mountain setting that's just like the start of that movie. Uh, and my personal favorite is the scene of, I think it's McNaughton throwing the ball against the wall, the tennis ball, just like Jack <laughs> yeah. does in uh, in The Shining during the scene when he's like going stir crazy in the hotel. The other main one and the one that people would probably even from seeing a trailer relate this to is The Thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that one is heavily featured in the movie as well. But unlike the trailers we were talking about for upcoming movies, this one is clearly an homage. It's drawing on some of the awesome parts of the thing, but doing it in its own way. It's just really doing a good job. Of and it. it doesn't feel at all like it, like it's a group of dudes at a base in a frozen kind of Northern isolated setting and things start going wrong that are vaguely biological. Right. <laughs> and they start to lose trust in each other one by one. Exactly. I think another way that it is, and this maybe isn't the best thing, is like the thing is you can't keep track of who anyone the fuck is. No, we'll talk about that one. That fits in a okay. different category. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it really does do a good job of uh, of bringing to mind the thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the other, the other main thing that this does really well for me as a movie as a whole is that sense of dread and that comes from that that isolated feeling you get but the way that the whole thing arcs 
because it's slow burn, it really benefits from that slow burn. So when things happen, they really hit you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Because the, the first thing that really happens is the black vomit, right? Yeah. And that's a little guess, bit yeah. weird. But the yeah. first main scene is the guy arm. Right. The first right. thing that happens is the cat that gets, like, splayed out. Okay. But that's barely okay. a thing. And then, like, three seconds later, the dude vomits black goo. Squidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is some of the best black vomit I've seen. That is a great black vomit scene. Because sometimes people is do it? too much with it, and it's, it's like, chunky. I, mean, I love I it. It's just so simple and so unnatural. I mean, it's squid ink, dude. It's very unnatural. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's turning into a cephalopod. Mm. No, he's not. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But um, what else we got? And then, about but then the, you uh, get you get to the effects, which they do use. I think that this is a good example of a movie that doesn't use effects. Like it's not a judicious lack thereof movie because uh-huh. when it does use effects, they're pretty gnarly. Yeah. However, it doesn't use them very often, <laughs> so there's like a judicious <laughs> restraint. Yeah. Exactly. Part of that's probably based on the budget that this thing had, but part of that is also just how it's written, which I think it benefited from because if this turned into an all out bloodbath, it wouldn't have had as much punch. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You're totally right about that. Um, and it's like you said, and that makes it so that when the things do happen, they hit super hard, right? When they ax a man's arm, right the fuck off and then cauterize it with a fire poker. Ugh. Shovel Jack shovel. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Come on. You need some surface area <laughs> to really get at the nub. Yeah. <laughs> get in there. You got to dive in. Yeah. Another thing it does uh, right is the acting. I thought the acting was pretty good. And I was looking for nits this time as well. So for the most part, I, I completely agree with you. The acting is for the most part. And I think by most of the featured characters, it's very, very good. Yeah. But there is a couple of times that it's a little bit rough. Um, like when he says, you know, at the beginning, I think it's the black guy says, I wouldn't want to be the poor son of a bitch stuck out there at night. Um, or he has, Just he has some, a couple some of those kind lines. of dry lines, but yeah. That I don't know if it's as much acting. But we're really looking for stuff to point out because overall it's very good. For sure. And I think that the at least to me, the the best performance is from um the professor. Played by Michael Dixon, is that right? Yes, Michael Dixon. Piers Olsen is his name, right? Correct. I think. And uh, shout out to Michael Dixon. That dude is hilarious and awesome and can take a hell of a joke. Because when we did the review, we said he looks exactly like a cross between Peter Dinklage and William H. Macy. And uh, he uh, retweeted, uh, thank you from William H. Dinklage. (laughs) Yep. He's a funny dude. I like him a lot. William H. Dinklage. Yeah. He does a good job. He acted good, Jack. How would you assess his acting? (laughs) Good. Good, good work. <laughs> if the movie has a main character, it's him for sure. I think so, yeah. Because he, the movie starts when he shows up at the camp. He's auditing them mm-hmm. for, you know, to maybe get more grant money, it yes. seems like. Um, and so you're really watching things unfold as they do through his eyes. Everybody else is kind of established in the camp. He's yeah. the new guy. I mean, I thought at first that it was going to follow Jensen. It yeah, he's like the I don't know radio uh, operator leader guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's the leader. I don't know exactly what his title is, but it definitely shifts to Dixon more and more over the course of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. And fittingly enough, they're the last two alive, so it just kind of goes to show. Exactly. Yeah. One thing I did find kind of weird, and I don't think that this is necessarily like what the movie does wrong, so I'm just gonna go ahead and get it out there right now. Is he goes like out of his way 
to be like my specialty is in these Mesoamerican sites and my background is in doing this sort of thing in South America. Yeah. So <laughs> why why him? Why is he the guy that was sent here? Like if his if his specialty is not in this sort of a site, why did they send him? And the only answer that I could think of would be because what they found reminds them of the type of thing he is knowledgeable about. But if that were the case, then I feel like the questions that are asked, the exposition that does occur, would have already taken place before he got out there. I, I agree with that. Uh, it, that's a little bit tricky. Um, it's clear that he's not really these super high up north. He's a little bit of a fish out of water in this like super cold environment. Yeah. Um, but he, it did it did play it up as he's you know the foremost expert on this kind of Mesoamerican stuff. But it might but also that just, just be that that's so convenient. Like it is very convenient. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just he's the guy who knows the most about the Mesoamerican thing. That's a part of the the program. The grant. Program. That's he says that's his specialty though. <laughs> Yeah, he does say that's a special. So it seems sure. like it's too convenient. Otherwise, no, fuck it. That is something the movie does wrong. Yeah, my dog is freaking the fuck out for a okay. second. Hang on. Yeah, so I guess you're right. That isn't that isn't great. Um, but you know, you really have to think about it for that to not make sense. You do. This <laughs> is just like it. It becomes a little bit more of a, a blemish because this is a movie that is so good at making you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does require a lot of you as the viewer, and I don't mean that in a bad way. There are movies that require a lot of you as the viewer to a point where it's infuriating. This is just one that you will get more out of it if you are invested in, I don't know, in spending time thinking about it. For sure. This is not a background <laughs> movie in any way, shape, no, or form. No, not at all. This movie will have no effect on you if you watch it in the background or don't pay all the way attention to it. No, not at all. Um. Since we're on this kind of stuff that maybe it could have done a little bit better, there's a couple of very minor attention to detail scenes. For instance, um, who's the who's the main guy? Uh, the uh, Olsen on the no, that's uh, on the radio. The main dude, the leader guy. Once again, ex I can't remember Jensen. his fucking name. Jensen. Thank you can't you. remember anyone's uh, name. It's just like the thing. That's the most similar <laughs> thing to the thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a part when he's operating the radio early on when it's still working when he pushes the button and speaks, but there's still noise coming through the other end. And, you know, radios like that only work, only one person can talk at a time. So that doesn't, that's just a very, very minor thing. And then just another thing on that same kind of note is the, the generator that they have there. I, you have I've used a few thought. generators. What? Every complaint you ever have is like this technical thing. Well, this is a very good movie. It doesn't have a lot of non-technical complaints. So you're just reaching. Yeah, I'm, re I'm really reaching. Like I said, I was really paying attention to it, trying to see what it, they could have done better. And I have, have used a bunch of generators, portable generators, that are, appear to be about a very similar size to the one they have. And they are nowhere near powerful enough to do what that one does. These are ones I'm talking about where if you turn on a third light with it, the other two dim. Yeah. This one's powering the whole fucking camp. Four buildings, street lights, spotlights, every fucking thing. It's like a They just city. power it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> powered by one gas generator that they put, like, two gallons of gas Dude, in. Dude, that's that Canadian ingenuity. <laughs> like I said, maybe there is a generator that powerful. I don't know. I'm certainly unaware of one. They got that with their first grant funding. They just bought a generator. <laughs> that's why they had to send William H. Dinklage up there? Yeah, exactly. And then he's going to get them a CAT scan machine, as they say. <laughs> what yeah. beer were they drinking? You you don't know, man. Just probably some homebrew. <laughs> 
Are they homebrewing? I feel like this place I don't know is too dirty. I feel like this place is too dirty to homebrew in. Well, that doesn't they're not drinking clean beer. That's actually what the doctor was doing the whole time. He was just brewing and distilling. <laughs> That's why he was like impermeable, impermeable Jack to the disease. He was like set the whole time. He was the only dude who never exhibited anything to my knowledge outside of the chef who made like two appearances. Well, Jake, he's a doctor, not an archaeologist. But he's the guy who's like touching these people. You he's know? He's doing it well. He knows what he's doing. How is he not getting sick? <laughs> I don't know. If it's a communicable bacteria that's going to turn your cells into cephalopods. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a very odd scene. I don't know, man. Oh, God. I'm... Speaking of odd scenes, but this one's good. The fucking scene after the cat dies where they're like sitting in there on the radio. It's like Jensen and the chef. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the <laughs> worker is in there and he's like, I saw McNaughton do it. It was McNaughton. McNaughton did it. <laughs> and... They're like, you're sure you saw him do it. Yep. And they're like, all right, leave. And then he just radios McNaughton. He's like, hey, McNaughton, did you kill his cat? And he's like, nope. Nope. And he's <laughs> so like, good. So so why did someone say that you did? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he's like, so you didn't do it? And he's like, nope. You'll figure it out, buddy. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great amazing. scene. This is a the movie that's a little bit awesome. bereft of jokes because it's it is pretty heavy and hard boiled. But that scene was fucking hilarious. It was really hilarious. It's it is bereft of jokes. There is the I'm a doctor, not an archaeologist. That's played for laughs, and it is pretty funny. Um, I, yeah, I guess. Did let me ask? I think we talked about this before. The purple line across the top of the screen. Did you notice this? No. So I, how did you watch the movie? I watched it on Amazon. Did you buy it or did you rent it? I have bought this movie. Okay. HD? Yes. I'd like you at some point to go back through about the second half of the movie. It shows up at about the 50 minute mark. There's a very small at the very top purple line that then stays what? throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Fuck you. Hold I on. I think we talked about this Hold when on. we watched I'm it. I'm doing this okay. right the fuck now. Scarecrow. You're, no, don't Scarecrow. Just play Black Mountainside. I thought we were going to go out with that. We can go out with it too. All right, did you fucking pull it up? Yeah, I pulled it up. There's nothing Jesus, there. that took you forever. There's what? No, there's, there's something there. there. No. There's something there. There's nothing there, Jack. I st- it was definitely there when I watched it, and I stopped it and Have reloaded you... the video. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Have you been seeing Deer Gods, too? Just hanging out in the back <laughs> of your room? But maybe the difference Speaking is that this was on a... to you in the voice of Sauron. It's not the voice of Sauron. It's it looks... the voice of Satan from two episodes of no, Doctor Who, it's season Sauron, four. Dude. It's that of the eyeball reboot. motherfucker. The Impossible Planet and the Satan's Pit. Mm-mm. I think you'll find Agree that disagree. Uh, people are more familiar with the mid-season episode of season four of Doctor Who than they are with the whatever Rings. horse shit art house book you're talking about. Yep, that art house book. That audio <laughs> from that book. It's an audio book. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so you didn't see a purple line. No, I no. did. Well, I bought a perfect print. Maybe try pulling it up on an app sometime and see if you can see what I'm talking about. That was weird. Though. I'm probably never going to try doing that. Reloaded the app. It still happened. Well, um, sounds like you're yeah. bad. It might be my fault. <laughs> one of the one of the other tiny bones that I have to pick with this movie. I feel bad because we're like trying to nitpick. We're the trying movie, so, we're so hard, but more Jake, time. You're... Harsher, okay. you lash out at the things you love. You do. It's 50 below at night. It's cold during the day. 
We've covered this ad nauseum. These dudes are out at night, like, walking between buildings without hats on, without gloves at times on. And just jeans. jeans. You wouldn't yeah. wear jeans in the day, let alone at night. And they're soaked. The jeans are soaked through. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, that's that's part of the filming in, you know, BC in the spring. <laughs> but you should still have, like, the equipment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe that's what You'd William be... Maybe that's what William Dinklage meant by that they're underfunded. Or they're under-equipped. They don't have pants. Yeah. They don't have the well, they're, pants. Well, they're plenty equipped. It seemed to be working fine for them. I don't know. That's weird. Because they have the line in there that fucking, what's his name? Giles is like, blood will freeze. It'll yeah, freeze, huh? that never happens. I mean, so I'm assuming they mean 50 below Celsius, but still, it would just be damn cold. It wouldn't be, like, astronomical. So, I don't know, there were a couple of times when I was growing up where it'd get to 40 below zero Fahrenheit, not Celsius. And yeah. that's the kind of cold where they would close school, not because there was too much snow, just because they were worried about kids dying while they were waiting for the well, bus. I'm pretty sure, I don't, thi- I don't know the crossover point, but that's like, there's a point at around that, in the Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion, where uh-huh. Fahrenheit passes Celsius as being colder again. Wow, we really need Mark here. <laughs> We're just goddamn clueless. <laughs> he wouldn't know that shit. I know I know that zero no. degrees Celsius is thirty two degrees Fahrenheit. I know that. Yeah, exactly. No, there there is a point. I know what you're talking about. I don't know they, what they it is, but compress. I'm pretty sure it's around forty below. Sure. Um but either way, it's a lot No, I wanna I wanna believe that this movie Jack. was portraying. Fucking shit. <laughs> uh fine, I'll fucking look it up. Negative 40 Fahrenheit equals negative 40 Celsius is what Google's telling me. That cannot possibly be true. On the goddamn nose, dude. I don't need Mark for shit. I'm the one who brought up negative 40. Well, I'm the one who knew. (laughs) So, there you go. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, it's it's not cold enough. No, not at all. Oh, boy. (laughs) The American werewolf in America is back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, she's not happy I don't know what's going and on and no what this movie does wrong conversation about Black Mountainside would be complete without a description of just what that dear god looks like <laughs> so for most of the scenes I think they actually do a tremendous job yeah because in they that go they just show you a scene out a window or a scene down a vista and you are it's like that scene in signs it's a lot like that scene in signs where you're watching the kids birthday party type right where you are as glued to the screen as they are trying to figure out what's going on i want to know what's making this voice at him you can't really see it the sauron voice you mean yeah exactly i mean the the satan from the satan's pit and the impossible planet episodes of doctor who voice but you know play them both back figure out which one sounds more like it like like it that sounds like a fun Saturday project. Yep, there you go. So here's Sauron's voice. You cannot die. And here's the beast from Doctor Who. He is the heart that beats in the darkness. He is the blood that will never cease. And now he will rise. Yeah. Um, but you you don't see anything the first couple of times, right? Because I was really scouring this time. Then, a little bit later, you see a, a very silhouette of a humanoid looking deer thing they do the reveal really well because it's like they have a couple of false summits with it where you can kind of hear something and the way the cuts work like you are looking for it and you're kind of like surveying this outdoor nighttime forest scape like the character there it happens to several of them is and you can't see it and then i think the first person who sees it is actually jensen and it's like or maybe he doesn't see it, but he sees, like, figures in the trees, right? 
yeah, something happens. And then uh, Francis is the first one who legit sees it. But yeah, bipedal well, deer costume. Because Jensen's saying stuff like, yeah, of course, we're all hearing voices. We're all seeing things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's been so many weeks without cigarettes. I know. All dude, the staples, they... eggs, milk, and cigarettes. If you don't have those three things, you're fucked. I don't know how they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, then it gets a little bit rough, because then we get a full-on bright, illuminated by this goddamn generator, apparently, uh, shot of the valley with the deer god in it. Valley's aggressive. Okay. The camp. Camp. Whatever. <laughs> the snowpack. <laughs> he's far enough away, though, that it's not terrible. It's just that, like, the... Air, because he's standing on his hooves, his back hooves, the way his body is like contorted, it looks really weird. It doesn't look great. And it was such a cool, mysterious thing that all of a sudden then you're like, oh, it's just a deer on its legs. <laughs> doesn't really matter, though, because like I said, far enough away, the next time you see it, it's like in a cabin and it's illuminated only at the head. So it kind of looks like it could be a mount. Yes. On a wall. Yeah, like no, it's handled that- really effectively i think for the most part when 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 you choose that you're going to do something like that there's only so much you can do to make it work within the constraints of your budget i think that they did about as much as they could yeah no i i agree um and all all the effects scene i want to go through all of them so we talked about the black vomit scene you want to you want to go through all of it i i want to go through all yeah (laughs) we talked about the black vomit scene yeah um the next one is the arm chopping off yep what do you think of this scene uh i love it it's amazing. And I think that that's right? because regardless of the black vomit scene, like you still haven't seen something that's gnarly yet. And at right. that point in the movie, the first time I saw it, I wasn't expecting to. I'm like, we're, no, we're like 20, 30 minutes in at this point, And that's probably me being naive. But I was just expecting more of a slow burn psychological at that point. You don't I was expect too. to see a dude's arm crawling with like a weird mummy scaring. <laughs> Yeah, thing. it's he looks real mumpsy. <laughs> it's yeah. Um that was actually a little janky, but it was like what the fuck is happening and then for them to just take a safety axe and because it's chop it it's, right off. The the camera is shaky enough and it's chaotic enough that you don't focus you can't focus that hard on what's actually happening with the arm. Super And frenetic. it's not the best effects ever, but the freneticism, if that's yeah. a word, uh, sure. uh really play to its strengths there to keep you from focusing too much on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's awesome. And the, and the way that scene starts is the best part of it because Olsen is asleep and the camera's focusing on him and then he hears some screaming and then he like f- fires up out of bed and runs over there. It's like, what the fuck's going on? And they're holding this guy down while his arm is all bubbly and bonkers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just that scene is remains one of my favorite scenes in horror. It's Whoa. so good. It's so good, man. Favorite in horror. Yeah, it's amazing. From like it's it's so brilliant how it starts with him asleep to then just yeah. hit you with it after nothing's happened so far. Yeah, it it's hits amazing. you pretty hard. I'll give you that. It hits you hard. So All that right, seems great. What's next? Uh the n- next scene going? I th- think is the uh the guy killing the the guy in the doctor's room, nope. right? In in the medical nope. cabin. What happens next? God, Shit. See? Did you even God. watch this movie, Jack? No. It's a hard Never movie to it. review. <laughs> the next scene is McNaughton with his hand. Oh, fuck. And that one's great, too. He's straight Aaron Ralston's himself. The The thing that I like about that one, and this movie does a lot of this, where I think that they do a really great job of framing their scenes, because it it uh, Jensen comes in the door, and you can see him, and he's he's sitting there, so you see like the profile of his face, 
you know something is awry because he looks out of his mind and he's yep. kind of like like grimacing and shaking but you can't see yep. anything and it's like five or six seconds of jensen walking around before it pans out and <laughs> shows you there's like a kitchen knife with body matter on it and a hand <laughs> across the table and a stump yeah now and the thing that concerns me about that is the practicality of getting through the bone with it, but more so that you would probably die of blood loss, and there wasn't a whole lot of blood there. I, so I, I wondered about that myself. Maybe he tourniqueted it. They don't show you the whole arm, so it's possible he tourniqueted it. No way, not in his blood rage. Yeah, but I, I did have those issues. While the scene is very effective, it is kind of like, well, wait. <laughs> yeah, I think Aaron Ralston's whole thing was breaking through the bones. He couldn't do that with his knife. But he was using Although a he pen knife. Really, At least this guy yeah. had like a... Serrated I still knife. don't think you could go through the bone. Probably but, not, no. You have to break um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then also the blood. The blood was an issue here. He yeah. continues to not bleed out the stump. Uh, so I have to, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he tourniqueted it because they don't show you the whole arm. So maybe he did. All right. It's the only thing that makes sense. It is. Now <laughs> and you then, get to your scene, Jack. So now then they take him to the infirmary or yep. whatever because he's not dead somehow. Yep. And he's there. And then another guy murders his fucking face off. Nope, different guys. Jack, again, did you watch the movie? <laughs> it's hard to keep track of them it all. Is. Wait, the... So, ah! so, the dude who vomits the the stuff and then they cut his arm off is, like, super sick, and he's the one that... In the... Uh, okay. Francis okay. slits his wrist. Well, he... The thing I love about this is you don't see anything, but the way they handle the scene is... so visceral... The Swedish guy. Through the reactions of the people who come in that you know right. it was fucked up. And then his little monologue describing oh what he God. did. Oh, He slid and his he wrist. Just, he was begging he, me he, to. Yeah. Yeah. He slid his wrist, it's... but he wouldn't die. So I had to slit his throat and he wouldn't die. So I had to cut his head off and he still wouldn't die. It's oh my amazing. God. And the guy's terrified. Yeah. And then they all freak out and have him like pinned in the corner. And this is the best line in the movie that's so meek. Just, I would like to go home. It's so good. Oh my god! It's it's so he heavy. does handle that. He does handle his insanity pretty well. Yeah, for yeah, not knowing really who this guy that. is or anything else he's acted in, I, his, the best his most effective lines in the movie were when he was going through that process. Beforehand, he was fine. He was okay. Um, yeah, but those were handled really well. That actually scared me. I got chills both times. Like, huh. oh yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so then they lock him the fuck up. Yeah, and then I'd say the only other big one in terms of effects, um, McNaughton somehow gets out and, like, shoots himself in the head and kills himself. He was yep. just hell-bent on, like, annihilating himself. Yeah, yeah, and that one's that one's pretty good. They The blood spatter on the, the window is awesome. Yeah, it's fine, but the, the bigger part of that is when William Dinklage is, like, in the infirmary and, like, the dead body starts talking to him, so he caves its skull in. <laughs> yeah, man. And then the doctor comes in and is like... It's okay. Uh, you need some sleep. It's funny how they handle that one compared to Francis's because is yeah. it just because one of them is alive and the other's already dead. I think is it is. I mean, part of it is part part of it is a little bit crazier shit has started to happen, right? And so they're a little bit desensitized to stuff. And and William H. Dinklage has been there and observed it, so it's a little bit more understandable that he's going more crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is that he did just bash the skull in of a dead man who shot himself in the head. Very different than cutting off an alive man's head. I guess. <laughs> they just and it's like only the doctor, right? There's different. no there's no crowd reaction. No, there's not. There's just one guy. Yeah. It's 
it was a little bit befuddling, but whatever. <laughs> and then the shotgun scene. Or rifle scene. I the guess. rifle scene. That's my favorite scene in the movie. And that doesn't really it, have anything to do with effects. I mean, there are a couple. It shows you all of it. <laughs> yes, it does. It, and it's one continuous shot. That's what I like about it, is you it's, have. That's so ambitious. I mean, it's following yeah. Giles around camp in the middle of the night. So you get As the he, full scope of how large this space is, is he walks around maniacally laughing to himself, shooting every single person on sight. I just love how it's, it's behind him the whole time. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one tiny quibble with the scene is that the the noise generated by the <laughs> rifle varies wildly. Shut the fuck so when up. he's indoors, it's very quiet. Uh, and then and he's outdoors, it sounds like a rifle shot. But yeah, that's a minor thing. Oh, that's minor. It is minor. Okay. But because it, it would wake people the fuck up. Qu- more quickly than it does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it, they make it sound like it's almost a silenced rifle or something when he's inside the cabins. Okay. Yeah, that scene's so <laughs> but that scene, good, though. That scene is so awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, what's your uh, favorite scene in the movie? Uh, I would like to go home. That's your favorite scene in the movie? I think it is. Yeah. It's either that or the arm scene, for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, mine is um, the, ri- the follow shot with the rifle rampage. They're so good. That's one of my it's, favorite scenes in a long time. Yeah. For sure. It's all awesome. Um, eventually, we're down to just William H. Dinklage and the main dude, the yeah. leader guy. And they yeah. devise a plan, sort of. Not really. <laughs> I mean, Jensen's bleeding sorts. out. Olsen. From the gunshot wound, right? I'm never going to call him Olsen again. He's just William Dinklage. Olsen, <laughs> um, William H. Had, he's the last guy standing, so he has to try to go get help. Otherwise, he's just going to be on the site by himself, and the other guy's the other guy's going to die. Right. So, right, right. fucking William Dinklage goes off on this ninety-mile hike to get to the reservation to get help, and he gets fucking Cotton bear Chekhov's bear trap. Yeah, very much because they bring that up trap. earlier. There's bear traps all around the camp from the '30s. That was that was one of the best lines in the movie too. Those will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they do. They fuck him up. They do. Because he's there, he's alone. It does that super wide shot, crazy wide shot of him just stuck. You don't see him get stuck in the bear trap up close, but yeah. he's just stuck there in the barren fucking wasteland alone, and he can't move, and he's grunt. Oh, he's moving a brutal. little bit, and then he stops moving, and then it just sort of ends. And then it just sort of ends. Meanwhile, though, before that, we're we're left with, uh, I can't remember his name again. Jensen, I got there. Don't he, make fun of me. He blows up there. the whole thing. He blows it up. He TNT's everybody right to kingdom come. Well, everybody being himself. Yeah. And the camp, because he wants this bacteria, if that's what it is, to not escape the camp. <laughs> I'll blow this mother to kingdom come. So, that'll be <laughs> so overall, what did you think of the uh, scenes with the, the dear God voice? Uh, I mean, I found those to be like necessary, I guess to convey some of the progression of their insanity, but they were not my favorite scenes in the movie. My favorite scenes were the interactions of the various site members with each other. I totally agree, but they definitely grew on me from last time around to this okay. time. Uh, the, especially the one where you think you deserve understanding. That's the last one. <laughs> I know. That's like the explanation I, it, to Dinklage. Tied it all together. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's kind of a commentary that is directed at you as the viewer, right? <laughs> yes. You don't get to know what the fuck's happening. Yeah, and that's why we have our theories. Like, my theory being that it's somewhere in between bacteria. I think it's a bacteria and cabin fever-induced insanity. I think it's a real deer god. That's weird. You're weird. Well, they happen in the same order, Jake. It's not a real deer god. 
probably a real deer god. It's probably not a real deer god. Octopus deer god. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the octopus cells turn you into a deer god. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a different kind of deer god. Yeah. What else we got to say about this fucking thing? Not much. It didn't do a lot wrong, considering we just talked about every scene we love during the what it got wrong section. So good job with formatting leader. <laughs> Fearless leader. We're just Jack. not very good at this. That's We've your fault. tried really hard to come up with things that it didn't do great. Yeah, we talked about those mostly during the what it did right section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have a whole lot else to say. It's it's a very unique movie. It's a movie that on the surface looks a lot like other things that we've seen in horror, but in its own right, it is like nothing I've seen in horror. It is a very unique thing that pays homage well and does a lot of things very right. It's yep. overall a tremendous movie. Nick Sotokuski, I cannot wait to see other things this guy does. And maybe at some Jesus point we'll Christ. figure out how to pronounce his name. Maybe. Somebody maybe not, though. We could be like ten movies into a great catalog of his and still fuck it up. <laughs> Ratings? I guess so. I just want to hear more Zeppelin. We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate Vanilla Ice's skills as a lawyer. We sampled them from him, but it's not the same bass line. Uh, like it goes ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 That's the way theirs goes. Ours goes ding, 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 And for ten, think of how Olmec would rate how much the choice is yours. The choices are yours and yours alone. Story is the first category in which you rate these movies. This was my pick, I guess, so I guess I'm rating it for story? I guess so, Jack. Is that how that works? Yep. When Mark's not here, everything falls right to shit. That's your fault. Uh, is it? Yeah, we had, he and I went to one time, and it was fucking smooth sailing. Ah, oh, shit. Well, I don't have the natural chemistry you guys have. Mm-hmm. What'd you rate for story, but- Jack? <laughs> I rated it a nine. Uh, this is a super unique story. It can, like we talked about, there's any number of conceivable directions that it could go in. I think I gave it an eight the first time around. Oh, so you're changing your rating. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. Jake, cool. we evolve with new information. That's That's how people are. Mm. That's science, buddy. I'm not. <laughs> um, it's it's just awesome. Um, I think it's not totally perfect. There are some very minor quibbles, like we talked about with William H. Dinklage maybe being there conveniently or yeah. forced him in. But I still think this is one of the best stories. It's super unique. It's terrific. Nine. Near perfect. Near perfect. Okay. Uh, I mean, I have really the same reasoning as you. I'm going to knock it an extra point, and by knock it, I mean I'm going to give it exactly what I gave it the first time we rated this, like a true professional. I gave it an 8, and it's mostly on the shoulders of that trying to figure out why exactly Olsen is the dude who went there. There have to be other guys that could have come in that are perhaps more accustomed to excavations in this sort of environment. Uh, The only explanation is that he would have known about the fact that this is a semi-Mesoamerican-seeming artifact, and at that point, all of that exposition would have been handled already. Granted, it would have made for a harder film, because <laughs> we would be even more in the dark than we already are, but right. it, it's a little... Well, we're idiots. Like we said, we don't know how to fix these problems. Yeah, no, we just, we <laughs> just point them out. It's a little bit awkward in that regard, but overall, like the fact that this is a movie that makes you think about it for, at least for me, hours, days, weeks, years, blah, 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 
really speaks volumes to, to how cool and unique this story was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Immersion. Go. Nine. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most immersive films. It's the cold open sets the tone perfectly. Those wide shots of the camp themselves are incredibly isolating. Yeah. The lack of music is staggering. It's It sucks you into it. You're glued to the screen. Even though I don't know the characters' names, or apparently which ones were which, <laughs> uh, I still was was there the order in which things isolated. happened. You know, ah, the you typical know, things you remember when plot. you've seen a movie before, those things. <laughs> uh, I, I was right there with them, losing resources, feeling isolated. It, it You were losing resources? Yeah, man. What resources did you lose? I do tell. Communication to the outside world, eggs, milk, and cigarettes. I was losing it all right there with them. Oh, man, I felt that it. sucks. And it's brutal. You yeah. need the staples. Yeah. What about you? Um, I also lost the resource of communication with the outside world while watching this, both times that I've seen it now. Um, I can't really add to what you said very much. I mean, it does that isolation thing super, super well, and it sucks you in. As a result, you are invested in figuring out what this mystery what the bottom of it is as it's unraveling and it keeps tipping you off as to what's going on just enough to keep you as sucked in as you could possibly be. I could see the slow burnness potentially losing some people. And I don't think that this is necessarily like the most accessible horror movie. Like this isn't like the horror movie that you're going to show someone who is a casual <laughs> viewer of the genre. Right. This is pretty hard boiled, deep cut type ter- territory, at least in my opinion. And I think that it that's going back to what we were talking about, about how it does require a bit of you as the viewer. But for me, it rewards you so much through that world that it builds that it is a high score. So, yeah, eight. All right. Scare Factor's up next, right? Mm-hmm. Seven mm. for Scare Factor. It's the isolation makes it super scary. Everything is is terrifically handled. From the the cutting off of resources, that feeling of isolation, to the actual scare scenes, the arm cutting off, you wake up right along with William H. Dinklage in a panic and don't know what the fuck's going on. Then they just chop the guy's arm the fuck off. It's crazy. And then, like I said, the scene with the Swedish guy where he cut the man's head off and then he's just in the corner and I would like to go home. That gives me chills, man. That's terrifying. Yeah, it makes you very uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Um... It makes you very uncomfortable. I think that that's part of it. And then I already said this too. It builds dread extremely well. A lot of that's through the pacing and the way that they pace it with that slow burnness and then the sprinkling in of those frenetic, scary, ultra-violent scenes, the ambiguity of what's happening. And really, to me, at least having landed on my interpretation of the film as being bacteria-induced insanity mixed with just isolation, that's fucking a really scary thought. This is a scary movie in terms of the idea behind it, in terms of how I'm thinking of it at least. And to me, that's a super high score. I have always given these getting fucked within the woods movies, probably a higher scare factor score than I should, but that's the type of thing that hits me. And I do think this qualifies. Um, I'm giving it eight and a half. That's that's a good point. Okay. Eight and a half. Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the higher scare scores I've ever given. I think that's That's, the same as Blair, Witch, which obviously well, no, no. People you have to now. You have to specify way. because the Blair Witch is a movie. Blair Witch Project. Thank you. Yes, there you go. No, the, the one that be... got made last year. That one's scary. <laughs> the Adam Wingard one. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. No, and you bring up a good point. There is that 
the villain isn't only this ambiguity of what's going on. The villain isn't only cabin fever or a deer god or bacteria. The villain is also just the Arctic fucking north. Yeah. This is scary enough if their radio breaks, right? Yeah, yeah totally. It's a scary situation. But and, then all this other stuff's happening. And your weakness as man, right? Yeah. Because Absolutely. you are you will at some point, even as like a tough conditioned person in this type sort of environment, become fragile. Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, effects or judicious lack thereof is our penultimate category, and I'm gonna give it a seven. Yep. I think they do a really good job, like you said. It's not that they are judiciously not using actually I think that's exactly what it is. They clearly know how to put an effects scene together. Yeah. They know what they're doing. But they don't always do it, probably because they don't have the budget for it. And I yep. think that's that's a really good example of it. Um, I, I think the sound effects are a little bit tough for me. The the, the varying sounds the gun makes, it's getting a little bit dinged for. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, fuck it, I'm going up eight because wow. I'm giving I'm giving it points for the sound effects of the boots crunching in the snow and all that foley art and the wind. It's incredible with no score. I think that falls into effects. Yeah, it's I, great. I think this it's is about the only movie that not having a score could be a boon. Of any a score of any sort could be a boon for this category. Uh, it plays with the environment that they're in, and it does so super effectively because that's that just aiding that isolated psychological factor of the whole thing, which is crucial to its overall execution. That's a yeah. huge boon. I don't think this is the more I think about it, a judicious lack thereof movie at all. Really, like when we were recounting all of the all of those different scenes, there's a lot. There of are them. a yeah. lot of them. It's just that they're <laughs> they're sprinkled. It's paced so well. And it's such a slow burn outside of that, that it doesn't feel like it. And to me, that's yeah. also good. Um, I am going to ding it a bit for the dear God. I don't really know uh, what they could have done there. I dinged it for that, too, even though I didn't say that. Yeah, uh, I don't really know what they could have done there, but it doesn't look great. I think they did a good job considering the fact that it doesn't look great of not showing it too much. I remember there was a at some point in the past, uh, I, I think. Shostakovsky had like posted what the deer god actually looked like. The prop, yeah, like behind the and scenes, it looks fucking hilarious. It's so, so funny, and they know yeah, it's it. pretty great. Like he knew it, but and that's why he posted it. Yeah. Exactly, they did about they got as much mileage as they could have gotten from that, and it was very minimally detrimental. I think to my For overall sure. experience with it, I'm going to go with a seven. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, overall, uh, and I'm going to give it a nine. Well, this is my favorite horror movie. This is my favorite horror movie. Oh my god! Well, you better change yeah. your blurb on the site, then, buddy. <laughs> no, never change that. Show your the work. Others till show the day your I work. Die. Yeah, I, I guess you don't have to show your work because you're fucking. What you had was the others, so it's not really a high <laughs> bar to cross. <laughs> Dumbass. I think this is a unique enough movie that does enough of the classic horror things perfectly, mm-hmm. um, while still being as unique as it is. That's that's fascinating to me. I didn't want to give it a super, super high score the first time I watched it. I think just because it's tough to know the first time you watch something. Yep. You know what I mean? What, how it can stack up. But on repeated viewings, I fucking loved this movie. Okay. I When I watched it this, this time around, I forgot the rest of the world existed. Mm-hmm. This movie's fucking incredible, especially on the budget that... Stop laughing at me, you son of a bitch. Jake... Stop it. You're making faces at me. I'm just sitting here enthralled (laughs) with what you're saying. Continue. Like we talked about, the effects are incredible. The pacing is sublime. You can't, you can't pace a movie better than this one is paced. This, this just does it for me. I think the ambiguity is, is exactly right. I I love this movie. Okay. I mean, favorite horror movie. It's a nine. 
it's a very personal type rating. I, I think it is a, a it's a high score. My written review score from way back in the day in January of whatever 2016 when we reviewed this when it first came out was a 7.75. Now I no longer subscribe to two decimal places and I'm <laughs> going to try to go for the purposes of a podcast with either a half point or a full point scale. So the question is, am I going down to a 7.5 or up to an eight? And one of the key things with any movie and your enjoyment of it and how good it is overall is does it get better with repeated viewings? I think that this one does. I think that having seen it a couple times now, I, I gleaned more from it. I was looking for things to nitpick for the purposes of this podcast, which we spent some time on for sure. And I still found very little um, where it does suffer is a little bit in the acting that keeps it from being among like the all time favorite horror movies of mine. Like you can notice it. It's not your triple a style actor it's not your triple a style budget not that you need that a lot of the time this sort of restraint will help especially with this sort of a story it's a really good movie people should see it it's not my favorite of all time but it's in the category that i would recommend and want to sit down again with for sure so did you go up or down i went up i said i'm gonna give it an eight uh, i wasn't listening to anything you just said that's fun that's typical <laughs> you know what that means though you got to talk about why mean? you would watch this with your buddies and drink beers I mean, one, because more people need to see this movie. Get as many people as you can to watch this movie. It's incredible. Uh, also, you get to feel like a real hipster because nobody's heard of this movie. So you get to have a real cool deep cut horror movie that you get to show to your buddies. And it's just genuinely incredible. This isn't a romp of let's drink beers and yet laugh at the screen and yell at shit. But it is a great fucking film. And that's the best I can do. That is, I think that my argument's easier for this one, having to talk about why you shouldn't. This is a great movie. This is not a good movie to watch with your buddies and drink beers. You're going to get more out of it from being alone in a room by yourself where you have zero distractions and you can focus. Yep. And it's not like it asks you to focus and requires you to like try to focus. You're going to become enthralled with it, I think. If you're a horror fan, you fucking should. Yep. But it's just not going to be better in an environment with more people. Completely I mean, agree. I, I I cannot fathom that scenario for sure. I, I do think that you made about as good of an argument as you can make in saying that like more people need to see it and you could feel like a hipster because not a lot of people have seen it. Yep. But at the same time, it's not for your casual viewer. So no, it is not. It is not a casual horror movie. Yeah. So everyone who's probably heard this, who's stuck it out with us has seen it and they probably agree. If you don't fucking let us know. Yeah, seriously, we would love to discuss why you didn't like this movie. Yeah. You'll have to show your yell work, at you though. for being wrong. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's get the fuck out of here. All right, seems like as good a time as any. So this has been episode 41 of the A to Z Horrorcast. As always, you can check out everything we have going on over at a to z horror.com or check the links down below and you can come hang out with us on all of our social media channels, which means two of them, either on Twitter or the Horror Amino app. Those links will be in the description below. As always, the music's been coming at you from space. That's space without the A. Check out everything else that those guys are doing. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, this has come to you by the Phantom Podcast Network. Check out all the other great shows there. A lot of things from throughout the horror genre, not just people rambling drunkenly about movies like us. That's over at downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Next week, we will get to the movie I promised last week. That's going to be Final <laughs> Destination, and that'll be coming at you a week from today. So until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great weekend, buddy.
I feel like this place is too dirty to homebrew in. Well, that doesn't. They're not drinking clean beer. 